0: Welcome back. So, last time we talked about Kira Toriyama. This time, I would like to talk about an artist from the opposite side of the world, an American comic artist. I don't have a lot of memories of who my most early uh, American comic book artist influences are because I didn't, you know... It makes me sad to say but when I was younger a lot of the artists just looked the same to me and I didn't realize that because so I I was born in the 80s and even in the early 90s a lot of the comic artists were modeling themselves after the successful Marvel and DC artists of the time I, I would say that truly unique styles didn't really start becoming prevalent until the late 80s to mid 90s and so from from that on having the more like uh, indiv- individualistic styles really took off <clears throat> either that or I just got my hands on some really old comics first that um, where people were focused on looking like um, I felt like people tried to mimic like uh, John Romita and Steve Ditko and John Yushima and so forth, who are all fantastic artists, by the way, and are some of my influences. But one of my earliest ones is John Ramita Jr. <clears throat> I I remember distinctly remember that my uh, I was on a trip in Corpus Christi, Texas. My, my uh, family is from Texas. I, uh, that's where I grew, was raised and grew up, uh, was around kind of the Texas City, Galveston area. But My mom's family was from Corpus and so we were visiting my grandparents. And we were at, at the store, I think we were at Kroger at the time. And this hadn't really happened in this way before. We were walking through the store. I specifically specifically remember we passed out tortillas, and the very next aisle was comic books. Not not like the whole aisle, but like you you know how often you'll go to go to a grocery store and have the tortilla rack, and it's just a bunch of tortillas at the end of an aisle on, on their own shelf. They had one of those for comic books <clears throat> and so we, we were passing it and I remember I paused I stopped and I walked over and grabbed one of the comics because I had never ever seen Spider-Man drawn that way before the shapes were hard and geometric it didn't look like the same things from my old um older comics that uh, my dad took me once then i was able to get like a bunch of comics uh four for a dollar and i came home with like 15 comics and a lot of them were those older styled ones matter modeled after the older artists but this one this one wasn't like that and so i i remember i carried it through the store asking my mom if i could get it, and I believe, she, I don't remember when, but she eventually relented and bought it for me. I still feel a little bad about that, but um I, I don't know if, even to this day, my mom knows how influential that comic was on my future. I, I still remember, I opened the book, And Spider Man was wearing a costume I had never seen before. Instead of the. um, It was still red and blue. But instead of like the normal kind of like belty red web strip around his uh, hip area and like the lines that go down the arms, there it was. um, There's almost like a V shaped uh red section with webs on it and this big black spider that went up to um like up past his shoulders and the other one uh, the downward arms went down to the edge of the v and the red ended at the end of his deltoids um he had like only some of his fingers were red with webbing and the others are blue and he wore these m- metallic web shooters on the outside of his costume rather than inside and like by his feet only like half of instead of the normal spider-man where it's like a full red boot looking thing only half was i i would later learn that this was uh ben riley and not peter parker yeah, But that the costume today is still one of my favorite Spider-Man costumes for those of you who don't know who Ben Riley is uh, There was a storyline once where a scientist named Miles Warren or his villain names the Jackal cloned Spider-Man and then the real Spider-Man started losing his powers at one point and um, Ben Riley took over being spider-man for a while because he he wasn't losing his powers it wasn't the most sensible storyline but it it was fun to read anyways this comic also had daredevil in it and um i had never seen daredevil drawn that way either you know being i I i don't know if it's because i'm autistic or or not but i draw with very hard shapes uh, even when I was in college, my instructors was like, you're very geometric when you draw. Very, um, I, I, I always overemphasize my shapes. If something has square-ish edges, I, I push the squariness of it more. It's really hard for me to, um, try to pursue the normal shapes of things. And I, I remember I had been trying really hard not to do that because that's not how comic book artists drew. But John Romita Jr.'s art helped me realize you don't have to draw like everyone else. There isn't one way to draw comics. Uh, I, I'm sure comic artists listening to this or people who are fans of comics be like, no kidding. But to a young guy who was used to only really seeing... Like certain types of art and comics. It was it was eye opening. And so from there. I, I just did the only thing that I. That made sense. I started trying to copy. John Romita Jr.'s art. Uh, when I had opportunities to do so. And th- this was. Shortly after. I had discovered Akira Toriyama. Like a couple years. Uh, and this was even before I had started to um, uh, do that summer where I tried to draw a comic, but uh, and during that summer I leaned heavily on a Toriyama style. But as my art style evolved, I, I started bringing a little bit more of what I had learned from trying to study John Romita Jr. back into my art. Clothes are probably an area where I pull more from. Ramita than anyone else or Ramita Jr I should say uh my my clothes are very baggy my folds are very uh gathered <laughs> uh in ways that don't always feel natural but are fun to look at at least to me but I do try to take it a step further uh than John Ramita does uh by that I do not mean I am a better artist than him I mean I I I want to be I want to go slightly more realistic with the way that I portray the kinds of things that I do than he does. To me, he's a very cartoony style. With um, If his realistic levels are a 6 and you got someone like Greg Capullo who's up at like an 8 or a 9, then I want him to be maybe a 7 or an 8 or something like that. And so I, I'm, I'm still working my way up there. It takes time, but John Romita Jr. showed me that it was okay to use my boxy shapes. It was okay to like doing my boxy shapes. You could still make really cool sequential art with boxy shapes. And so I continue to chase that that way of drawing, but finding ways to make it more realistic when and where I can. I don't want to be a photorealistic comic artist. I, I want to be... I mentioned Greg Capullo. That, that is the direction that I'm trying to go. Not to look like Capullo, but to reach that level of realisticness and detail, but in my own way. In a future episode, I will talk about Greg Capula uh, as an influence of mine as well uh, I would say another huge influence of mine and probably where we might very well go next time is Akira Toriyama who is known for, uh, sorry, I, not Akira Toriyama, I did him last time <laughs> uh, Yoshi yo, um, Yoshitaka Amano Yoshitaka Amano. Amano-sensei is probably, oh, I'd say, the most recent biggest influence on my art. He is everything opposite of Ramita and Toriyama who, where they both are more geometric, Toriyama's art is like silk. Not Toriyama, gosh. It, it's late, I'm tired, and I didn't sleep well last night. Amano Sensei's art is like silk. Please don't beat me up. I promise I know who. Who? which artist is who, even if my mouth apparently does not. So, we'll talk about Amano Sensei in a future episode. Thanks for visiting with me. I look forward to visiting with you again.